direct from Fort Meade, Maryland, this is Dinfos Live. Welcome back to another episode of Dinfos Live. Don't adjust your screens, folks. I am not your regularly scheduled host, Chad McMean. I'm Major David J. Murphy, an instructor here at the Defense Information School, and I'll be your host for this month's episode. In fact, we might have a new host each month, so stay tuned. This month's episode marks two very important milestones. First, for Dintfos Live, it's been one year since our show premiered, and second, for Pavilion, it's been two years since the creation of that service. To help celebrate these milestones, we'll talk about how these platforms have grown over the past year and what they'll look like in the future. We'll also be discussing two recently revised Dintfos classes, the Intermediate Public Affairs Specialist course and the Visual Information Management course, with instructors from both these courses. But first, I'd like to welcome a very special guest to the program, the Commandant of Dinfos, Air Force Colonel John Hutchison. Colonel, welcome to the program. Dave, thanks very much. Have a seat, sir. Welcome. Thank you. Make it com comfortable. <clears throat> sir, thanks for being here. We know you're very busy. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a background on yourself and your bio in the military? Absolutely, Dave. So I have been in the United States Air Force for about 27 years now. Uh, serving as a public affairs officer and an organizational leader for, for all of that time. Uh, I've had the opportunity to, to serve in Japan two times. Uh, I've spent time uh, overseas on four different contingency deployments. I've been able to do recruiting for a couple of years. Uh, and I've had the honor and the privilege of serving two tours at the Defense Information School. The first time as the Deputy Commandant and for the last three years as the Commandant. And it's been the honor of a lifetime. Well, we've, had, we've been lucky to have you, sir, as the Commandant. You mentioned you were the Commandant. Can you tell our audience what that means and what exactly you're responsible for? Sure. So first off, let me start by saying that I have the best job, bar none, in the Department of Defense Public Affairs community, and I will fight anybody who says otherwise. Uh, most days, my job is to, uh, is to provide a little strategic guidance and direction to the team and then get the hell out of the way so that they can make the magic happen. I work with an amazing group of professionals who are dedicated every day to training and mentoring and educating and inspiring uh, the next generation of communication professionals. So what does that look like? Our job, not just my job, but our job collectively is to produce graduates who are ready to go out to the fleet and field and employ communication effectively on behalf of their organizations and their commands. Uh, the second job uh, as the Commandant is to, is to work with the other leaders in the institution to create a climate of dignity, dignity and respect where all of our staff, faculty, and students can achieve their full potential. And then the third big responsibility for, for the leadership team, uh, including myself, is to make sure that we're posturing the school for the future most effectively. But uh, between the mission and the incredible folks that I get to work with every day, uh, it's, it's been the best job of my career, really the highlight of my entire career. That's great, sir. You know, I haven't even been here a full year and I've seen so much happen at the schoolhouse. Can you talk to us a little bit about what's new at Dinfos? There is a lot of stuff going on at Dinfos at any given day. So uh, let's rewind a little bit. Uh, we've been undergoing transformation over the past couple of years, a significant transformation in terms of our curriculum. We launched the Mass Communication Foundations course back in October 2019, and we launched the Public Affairs and Communication Strategy Qualification course back in 2020. So those are our bread and butter courses, and we're still focused on refining those, tweaking those uh, to make those 
courses everything that the services need them to be. Uh, and part of that is getting feedback from the fleet and field on how our graduates are doing uh, when they leave the school. The second part of that transformation has been a, a major overhaul and updating of our intermediate training curriculum. And you're going to hear more about that as you alluded to on the uh, intermediate PA specialist course and the visual information management course. And I'm looking forward to hearing uh, Master Sergeant Rich Williams and Andy Smith talk about those courses. So we're coming to the end of that effort right now uh, in terms of updating those intermediate courses. Uh, I'm super excited to get uh, our mobile training teams back out on the road now that uh, the coronavirus travel restrictions, many of those have been lifted. Uh, we've got a lot of pent up demand out from the fleet and field for our MTTs and so we're looking forward to being back out on the road, but we've been doing virtual mobile training teams all throughout the pandemic. Uh, and some other neat things going on at Denfos right now, we're gearing up for our third Department of Defense social media forum. Uh, that's going to be in mid-September. This will be the third virtual event that we've done over the past three years. Uh, so stay tuned uh, for more information on that uh, in mid-September. We are in the midst of uh, accepting nominations for the class of 2022 for the Den Defense Information School Alumni Hall of Fame, which we're super excited about. Uh, the nomination window is open until um, May 31st. And then our ceremony, our induction ceremony is planned for August 10th later this year. So we're excited about inducting a new class. And finally, uh, a very cool project that we just wrapped up uh, and we'll be doing a dedication ceremony in later in April uh, is our Dinfos History Hallway. Uh, this was a project that was conceived of by a team of amazing NCOs at Dinfos to create a hallway that traces the history of public affairs and visual information training in the Department of Defense. And it, it traces it all the way back to the pre-World War I era, all of the different schools that, that eventually merged to one day become what you see as today's defense information schools. So just an incredible amount of stuff going on. Additionally, you know, making sure that we're bringing in the latest and greatest technology into the classroom to, to, uh, to make our training the most effective. So it's, it's a lot going on on top of just doing standard training business every day. Yeah, I love the history hallway. I've learned something new all the time when I'm walking down there and reading the hall. Lots of stuff I didn't even know. Uh, so you mentioned the Hall of Fame program. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what that program is all about? Sure. So the Hall of Fame uh, is, a, is an effort uh, on Dinfos's part to recognize uh, our distinguished graduates who have gone on to do incredible things uh, either in the military, in other uh, agencies in the government, in the private sector, uh, in the entertainment industry, in um, you know, humanitarian work or community service. Uh, we have so many amazing graduates who have uh, walked the halls of Denfos throughout the years, as well as some of the, the schools that, that eventually merged into Denfos. Uh, and so we want to recognize those lifelong accomplishments uh, and bring recognition not only to them, but, uh, but to the school as well. So uh, we're excited to induct a new class uh, later this year in August uh, and hope folks will go to the, the DINFOS website to, to take a look at the nomination procedures and submit some worthy nominees. Great, hopefully they do that. And as is clearly obvious by the set dressing here, as I mentioned in the opening, DINFOS Live is celebrating its first year as a program. Sir, what do you think of the program and how it's kind of progressed over time and where would you like to see it go in the future? Sure. Well, first, let me say thank you for having me on for the, the one year anniversary program. I feel uh, I feel honored to be here. Um, 
So Dinfos Live is, is part of a, a group of initiatives that we've been focused on over the past couple of years uh, to include uh, the Pavilion Online Learning Resource, to include the Social Media Forum, and to include our Mobile Training Team Program. Part of a, a group of initiatives that I affectionately like to call bringing Dinfos to the fleet and field. So we recognize that, that we've got to be more flexible uh, in terms of the, the, off the training and professional development opportunities that we can provide to the fleet and field because not everybody is able to come back to Dinfos after their initial qualification training. Not everybody's able to come back, right, for follow-on or intermediate training. So we are making a very deliberate and concerted effort to provide other kinds of options to the fleet and field. Uh, Dinfos Live is one of those. As you know, it's a monthly webinar program that we've been doing for a year now. Uh, our mobile training teams are, are, are a way that we can get out to the fleet and field for shorter duration training. Our social media forum that we've done virtually the past three years enables us to, uh, to provide a, a great number of people some amazing social media learning and, and development opportunities. Uh, and so this is really a, a, a concerted focus for us to, to expand the way that we can provide um, training and professional development for the fleet and field. Yes, sir. And this is also, as you mentioned, Pavilion. This is the second year that Pavilion has been in operation. Can you tell us a little bit about that platform and how you've seen it evolve over this time? Absolutely. So for those who don't know, Pavilion is public affairs and visual information learning in an online network. It is a mouthful. And I give a gold star to the team who, uh, who combined all of that into one, uh, one acronym. Uh, but it's our online learning resource that, that launched in late April of 2020. And it's our effort, again, to provide additional learning resources to the fleet and field for those who cannot come back to DINFOS for in-resident follow-on training. It's got everything on there from uh, lessons in crisis communication, photography, videography, uh, writing, broadcasting, everything that you can think of uh, that, that is sort of just-in-time training for the professional in the field that, that might need a refresher or just might need a little help with a with a checklist or a template, uh, a case study that illustrates some, uh, some important concepts that are, that are critical to our business. Uh, it's all kinds of things uh, really designed to help the professional in the field with just-in-time training. We're continuing to grow content almost every month. I think we're up to about 400 different learning objects on Pavilion right now, and that content is only gonna grow over time. Uh, and we take the feedback from the fleet and field about what are the topics that, that are most important to add to that platform. So we're excited about the future of Pavilion and we'll continue to grow it to be a, a, the resource that it needs to be. You know, it's a great resource and I wish I had it when I was actually in uh, or became commissioned as a public affairs officer a decade ago. It would have saved me a lot of effort and time. You and me both. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, well, we know we're losing you soon. You know, you're going to be retiring this summer. Uh, so we'll sat, be sad to see you go. But you know, before we let you go, is there anything you'd like to say about the future of the public affairs career for, or things you'd like to see from the future of DINFOS? Sure, so uh, we are neck deep right now at DINFOS in our strategic planning process, really looking at the next three to five years uh, of where the, the school needs to go in terms of curriculum, in terms of technology, in terms of processes, in terms of partnerships that we need to have external to DINFOS in order to, to make the training uh, the, the most valuable that it can be uh, for our students. So I'm excited about where we're going uh, right now with that planning process. 
Additionally, I think as a school and as a DOD public affairs and visual information community, we need to be focused on where we fit into the larger uh, information as a joint function, what our role is uh, alongside the other information capabilities, and even more importantly, how we as a public affairs and visual information community preserve our superpowers, our, you know, truth and credibility is what I would call our superpowers that make us distinct from the other information capabilities, um, how we work in concert along with those capabilities while, while maintaining what, what is core uh, and important to us. So that is a, that's, a big, uh, that's a big lift for the school and for uh, the DOD PA community writ large. Finally, I want to see the Defense Information School become not just a fantastic training school for public affairs and visual information professionals. I want us to be a thought leader in the DOD public affairs and visual information community. I want us to be a thought leader across the government communication community as a whole, and really within the, the entire DOD information community. Uh, I think we've got a fantastic, incredible team of professionals uh, that show up every day that are ready to take, help take DINFOS in that direction. Uh, and I am really excited to see where DINFOS is going to be headed in the next couple of years as I'm sitting on a, a kayak uh, in a lake somewhere. Uh, but uh, it's, been, it's been the honor of a lifetime to, to be part of this team. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Thank you for being with us. And is there anything else you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Yeah, just thanks to the whole DINFOS live team. Uh, Mel Weatherspoon is, is back there off camera. Chad McMean is back there off camera. Dave, thanks for hosting uh, this episode. To our fantastic production team at Defense Media Activity Headquarters, thanks for making this set and this production uh, look so professional. Uh, and, and finally, just to the, the entire Defense Information School team, um, it's been the honor of a lifetime to be part of, of, of this team and to lead this team through some very challenging conditions over the last couple of years. Uh, I could not be more proud uh, to go out uh, as the commandant and to wrap up my career that way and, and just we've got a great team. Well, we know you're extremely busy, sir, so we definitely thank you for coming out. Thank you so much, Colonel Hutchison. Really appreciate your time. Thanks very much, Dave. All right, before we bring on our next guests, we'd like to show you a short commercial for Pavilion. Welcome to Pavilion. Caught on a cell phone, video from what bystanders say was an amazing rescue from a fiery crash. This man, later identified as an Army Staff Sergeant, is seen here carrying the crash victim away from her wrecked car just moments before it burst into flame. Okay, Ruiz, press release, Jones, portrait. Miss Miller, we'll have you take the brief card and case study. Minto, social media, Gramley, the article for publication, and I've got the press conference. Are there any questions? Yeah. All right, let's make it happen. Pavilion supplies teams with public affairs and visual information resources on demand 24-7. Whether you're brand new to the field or a seasoned professional, access tools to help jumpstart every mission. Okay, guys, ready? A trusted source for policy, templates, articles, all aligned to DOD standards. Here's the fact sheet for the press release. Thanks, I'll take care of it. 
reference videos, checklists, case studies, and more to help full-time and collateral duty professionals no matter where you are. Welcome to Press Release 101. In this video, we'll be going over the basics of a press release, as well as walking you through how to write it. Hey, thanks for the brief card. Yep, I'll get the press conference together tonight. Okay, great. Thanks. Chat soon. Welcome to Pavilion Audio. This episode is on press conferences. We'll be covering the basics of a press conference. Recently in the news, bystanders witnessed a heroic rescue by an Army staff sergeant pulling a woman from a burning car. We are pleased to bridge knowledge gaps to stay current and engaged with industry standards. Share knowledge gained and inspire others. At this time, I'm happy to take any of your questions. Pavilion, we've got you covered. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Welcome back. Welcome back, folks. Uh, let's now meet two awesome DINFOS dedicated instructors. U.S. Air Force Master Sergeant Richard Williams and Mr. Andrew Smith. I'd also like to introduce our social media moderator, Marine Corps Sergeant Ben Whitman. Ben Whitten. Thanks for having me here, sir. Thanks for being here. We we missed you. Where were you? I uh, just you know, Marine stuff. You know, <laughs> like oorah, oorah, Devil Dog. All right, that's great. Well, we're glad to have you back. So again, any questions you might have for our instructors, please post them into the social media chats. And Ben will be looking out for those and will let me know when they come in. So, all right. Guys ready? Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell me first about IPASC and VIM. You know, what are these classes all about? Really describe them for me. Yeah, so I'll start out. Uh, thanks for having us, Major Murphy. First of all, IPASC is a 10-day, um, very fast-paced course that is going to develop our content producers, our technicians uh, into strategic thinkers, or at least get them started on the path uh, to develop as strategic thinkers. Uh, we work them through a communication problem in a scenario-based environment uh, where they have to uh, run the RPI process or the research planning implementation and, and evaluation process um, to solve their communication problem. They'll also learn how to build elements of public affairs guidance and um, they will do some SME prep and some media engagement um, so they can have their subject matter experts or their leadership prepared if they have to engage. That's great. And Vim? Sure. So thanks again, Major Murphy. Really glad to be here. Um, the new Vim course is a 17 training day course, and it is the result of merging two 10-day legacy courses. Um, so generally, students in the new VIM course will learn aspects of program management, resource management, and operational planning as it relates to folks doing visual information management. Um, and additionally, VIM students will also learn how to plan for the integration and employment of VI teams in support of a joint task force through all phases of the operation or the exercise. So it's really um, a robust course, and I'm excited to talk about it today. Thank you. That's great. Well, I was told these courses were recently restructured and rewritten. Can you tell me why that is and what goes into the rewriting process? Well, uh, rewriting a course is not easy, and it requires um, a lot of folks' involvement. So while I'm here today to talk about the new course, I'm certainly not in a position to take all the credit. And so I would like to take this opportunity to give a shout out to some of the folks that were really critical in developing this new 
um, high-powered curriculum, right? So I think uh, first and foremost, I would like to acknowledge my teammate, Miss Maureen Stewart. She's been, she's an absolute superstar, um, and I certainly wouldn't be here right now, you know, uh, talking about all of the good things in this curriculum had it not been for her and her efforts. So I'm really happy to work with her. Um, additionally, I had some, some mentors that helped me become, um, you know, a subject matter expert in VIM. And so real quick, just wanting to acknowledge retired um, Air Force Senior Master Sergeant Rich Freeland. He owned the VIM program previously, and then retired Army Sergeant First Class Giselle Allen. Uh, those two folks I, uh, mentored me to the point of being able to take over the VIM program. Now, once we began to rewrite the curriculum, you know, as a result of the services determining like the new requirements, right? So the new course looks different than the old course. They gave us the requirements and then we had to begin to build the lesson plans and activities to support that. Um, and we couldn't have done it without the help of Mary O'Shea and her contract ISD team, as well as Dorlinda Barker and Jen Howard. Those folks within DIMFOS were critical in helping myself as a subject matter expert complete this project. Um, and certainly, last but not least, the folks out in the fleet and field were um, invaluable in their input, right? They were very passionate and remained connected to myself and Ms. Stewart as we sought, you know, there's new information that we're teaching that we didn't really have a precedent for. So we relied on those service me's to help, you know, educate us about the thing that we're going to be teaching. And those folks in particular were Master Chief Mike Lewis and um, his um, uh, um, Assistant from the Navy as well, Mr. Brian Boone. Those folks um, were, were critical. As well as on the Marine Corps side, we had a Chief Warrant Officer 5, Jonathan Knauf. And the whole community of Marine Corps Visual Information Officers, the BIOs, those folks were, uh, like I said, couldn't, could not have done it without them. And, you know, as we worked over the year to build all of the content to eventually have a curriculum that we're able to stand in front of and deliver, we couldn't have done it without those folks. So, um, just happy to have the opportunity to acknowledge that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think with, and with IPASC, um, you know, as Mr. Smith said, the, the DENFOS staff, um, you know, and, and the instructional, the development teams that help us, helped us build the framework, um, they were invaluable to everything that we did. Um, you know, we, I didn't know what I didn't know when it came to a lot of the, a lot of the, the courseware and the topics that we wanted to cover. So I was really fortunate enough to have um, folks like Mr. Rob Thompson and um, Karen Nauman. Uh, and Major Judy Marlowe helped me like kind of dissect the RPI process, um, talk, learn about the, I learned a lot about the information environment myself, um, just as I was building the curriculum and, and those things, um, you know, they're, they're invaluable um, to, our, to our junior service members um, who are really, you know, that's the, the, the folks we're trying to target. Um, so, you know, just, and DENFOS leadership for really giving us the freedom and saying, hey, this is what we need um, get after it, and you know we had a lot of a lot of freedom and a lot of autonomy to really shape the courses um, in a way that that we saw really fit the needs of of our service members. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Sergeant Wynn, do we have any questions on the social media side yet? Uh, we do have one. It actually came in prior to the show. Oh, great! Uh, out of these two classes, which one is better? <laughs> Stir the pot a little bit there. Uh, you know, honestly, I think. I mean, obviously, I think IPASC is better. Um, I'm, I'm I'm biased though. And, and you know I'm biased with it, but um, but I love what we bring to the to the fight f for that development aspect, that that first stop as a strategic thinker. Um, and don't get me wrong, um, I got to see a lot of of great things with um, with the Vim course as Mr. Smith and Ms. Stewart and their teams were developing, and they have a phenomenal course. Um, 
I just I love the, the that low level that that junior level touch that we have to really start developing our technicians um, into those strategic thinkers who will grow into leaders uh, as they transition into VIM, which is you know really vital to overall success. Obviously, it depends. We're talking about apples and oranges here. These two courses couldn't be any more dissimilar, honestly. So I wouldn't want anybody to become confused by these two courses. They, yeah. they exist for different reasons, and they're both a requirement, right? They both produce different results. Um, and, and that's yeah. really all I got to say about that. It just depends. Absolutely. Well, you've had both had an opportunity to teach a couple iterations of each of your courses. How have the students been responding, and what kind of feedback have you gotten? I've received um, a lot of really positive feedback, honestly, and um, I think that the statement that you know kind of encapsulates um, a majority of that feedback is for the folks that have experience um, with the stuff that we teach, right? They say, well, this is the course that I wish I would have had when it was my time to learn how to do this for the first time. Um, because we provide those best practices for common requirements that you know we haven't been able to do that before. So it's just a very practical and helpful course, and we're just trying to get folks to understand the requirements, to meet the policy, and to do the things that we often don't think about when we consider VI and public affairs, right? You know, the building your shop's budget, managing your training uh, plan, and managing your equipment and stuff like that. It doesn't often come to the forefront of discussion, but um, by and large, folks say that this is the course they wish they had when it was their time to learn it for the first time. Yeah, and I mean, you know, to kind of echo, um, you know, what Mr. Mr. Smith said, you know, I tell my students, this, these are things that we wish we would have known 10 years ago, 15 years ago, um, when we were first starting out in the career field or as we were growing, um, you know, as, as content producers, as leaders um, within, within public affairs, you know, in the community. Um, you know, it's really just, it's, it's, you know, we get a lot of the why. Right. That's I didn't know what the why was. I didn't I, I didn't know why I was covering this event. I didn't know why um, folks were telling me to look at it through this lens from this perspective. And so that's our our job is to really try to teach them the why, why we're why we produce what we produce, how we identify that audience um, and how we can best support the PAO and and meet that commander's intent. We all know no plan survives first contact. Right. So what kind of changes have you made to the courses since their inception? Uh, you know, for, for our PASC, um, you know, we've had three iterations now. We haven't made a lot of, like, wholesale changes. Um, I think we did a lot of, lot of really good work in the beginning um, to, to make sure that we were kind of as successful as we could be from day one. Um, we've had to change some things, like some of our, you know, maybe some of the, the learning activities or different things like that. We, we've had to adjust and kind of tweak and, and fix along the way. Um, but from a content perspective, from an education perspective, and, and the learning outcomes that we're looking for, um, I, I think we've, we've done a fair job. Um, so it's been a lot of small things, um, you know, these last three iterations. But, uh, you know, we want to be able to grow the course continually. Right? Yeah. That's, this is not something where we, we've built it and we're done. Right. Um, we're always going to work to change, to improve. Because, you know, in reality, that's what the information environment does is it constantly grows and changes. So it's really up to us to make sure that we are growing and changing um, as a course and as an institution. Yeah. I would say as a result of the folks that I mentioned previously, um, that resulted in a pretty effective turnkey package. And because we put in the work and we utilized the network, I would say uh, that this curriculum hits the target. 
and we haven't made a lot of wholesale changes either. The big, biggest example I can speak to is we actually pick up tomorrow oh, uh, wow. the next VIM class, and this will be our third um, full iteration. Um, we ran a pilot iteration as well, so technically the fourth. But um, to give you an example of a change that we've made is that we taught um, budget and equipment lifecycle management and back to back, and then we and then they tested all day on budget and then equipment. This iteration we decided, based on feedback from students, um, which we've received a lot of good feedback that has enabled us to tweak it, minor tweaks, but the major, major change that we've made is we're going to teach budget, test on budget, and then teach equipment and test on equipment. Yeah. Um, that's the best example I have of, uh, of a change that we've made. We've, we continue to make tweaks for efficiency and effectiveness, but really nothing worth speaking to right now. Okay, great. I'm being told we have another question from social media, so Sergeant Winton. We do have one. This one's coming in from Carrie. They ask, what course would you suggest for a former VI professional that was active duty who has since transitioned to PA uh, as a civilian, but really is more in, they work in both fields equally. What would you say to that person? So I believe, um, I'll take this one. Go ahead, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I know. Uh, hi, Carrie. <laughs> um, I know you, and based on what I think I know about you, um, I would recommend some training in the public affairs realm, uh, given that we come from a VI background. Um, like I said, if, uh, if you grew up in the VI world, then you may be more familiar with some of the things in the VIM course. Um, I went through the PAX-Q course, the public affairs qualification and strategy course, and uh, as a VI guy, and uh, that was very helpful. So I would recommend, perhaps, if you haven't received that public affairs training, uh, that would be a great compliment already to your um, pretty impressive career. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I, would, I would definitely agree. I think um, you have to look at, you know, f for some folks that have been in, in the career field for, for a while or in this profession for a while, um, you know, if, if your stronger suit, um, you know, your stronger skill set is, is on the VI side of the house, then absolutely, you know, come through IPASC. Um, if you have a, a great, strong working knowledge of, of public affairs, of communication already, you know, in, in the strategic mindset, um, then you 100% need to go through VIM. Um, but I believe that everybody um, should go through both if, you know, it, it's, they're great building blocks. Yeah. Um, you know, they're great building block, building block courses uh, that really kind of work toward each other. If there's a service member or civilian who's interested in attending either of these courses, where do they go to find out if they're even eligible? The DIMFOS website um, is the first place you should go because there you can access the DIMFOS course catalog to determine eligibility requirements, not just for our two courses, but for all the courses in DIMFOS. Um, and VIM is a unique course because we do have a pretty diverse um, demographic of students where uh, we're, we consist about a third of mid-grade to senior NCOs, about a third of civilians somewhere within generally the nine, GS 9 to 11 range. Um, and then the officers anywhere from 01 to 04. So really nice diverse perspective within that VIM um, demographic. And you know you can go to the DIMFOS website to figure out whether or not you're eligible to attend these courses. Okay, great. Yeah, and for IPASC, we typically, um, our typical audience is that E4, E4 and E5 uh, to E6 range. We've had some E7s, we've had, we've had some chief warrant officers come through the course. Wow. Um, we've had some civilians come through as well. Um, you know the GS nine to seven nine to eleven range, um, so it's it's um, we get a we get a very interesting perspective. Um, definitely not as, as diverse as VIM, just because of the content of the course. Sure. But um, but just to see them, you know, to kind of see the way that they they act and react. And when you have you know 
maybe a seasoned E6 who's been in the military for a bit, um, interacting, working with an E4 and they're sharing experiences. Um, I think it, it, it's a really interesting dynamic as well. Absolutely, and all the links that we mentioned today will be in the show notes, so don't worry if you, you know, we go past them. Uh, but I do hear we have some more questions from social media, so start winning. Uh, yeah, I got one more. Uh, so I had heard mention that one of the courses is picking up tomorrow. How many times a year do these run? Oh, great question. Uh, this year, the VIM course is offering seven iterations, I oh. believe, and the intent to move to eight iterations a year. So we basically have an iteration almost every month. There is a summer break, I believe, in July uh, this year, and that's pretty typical uh, for DEMPOS on the academic schedule. So we're looking at about seven to eight iterations of the 17 training day course a year right now. Yeah, and I pass, um, you know, it is a 10 day course. Um, currently for, uh, for this fiscal year, we had, we had nine iterations on the books. Uh, six of those are in-house iterations and three are actually part of our mobile training team program, uh, our MTTs. Um, you know, IPASC is, with it being a 10 day course, um, it is exportable. It's, it's the most, right. probably the most easily exportable course right now um, at Denfos. And so we have, that, we have that luxury of being able to travel. Um, so if anybody's looking for some training two weeks uh, anywhere in the world, um, get with uh, Miss Weatherspoon and the mobile training team, and uh, we can probably figure something out. Great, great. Are there any other questions, Arwin? Uh, yeah, we got one more. Uh, just a question to, again, clarify, uh, what is the target audience for each of these courses? Yeah, for IPASC, it's really, um, you know, that E4 to E6, uh, and then this, the, the GS, um, GS7, you know, to 11, okay. probably. Um, I, I would say that's probably the best range. Well, like I said, the, um, the eligibility information can be found on the VIM website, or the DEMFOS website for the VIM course, and we do have a, a broad demographic. But to try to, you know, add on to that a little bit more, if you're, um, if you're an NCO, and um, you're getting ready to transition from creating technical content to managing programs and resources within your shop, then certainly I would encourage you to come to VIM because we're gonna provide you the best practices for, like I said, the common requirements that in my experience, you know, I, I'm a retired Army um, NCO with 22 years in the, in the VI and ComCam community, and I wish I would have had, mm -hmm. you know, um, classes on the material, you know, on the stuff that we teach before I had to go learn how to do it, sometimes incorrectly. Um, so it would have just been a lot easier to, if I, at that point as an NCO. Uh, likewise, if you're an officer, um, before you're you know, given the requirement to do these things, manage these programs and personnel and resources and plan for you know, operations, um, come on to VIM and get that experience so that we can provide those best practices to you before you get started. It's never too late though. Um, if you're a senior NCO and you're somewhat familiar with some or all of the content that we teach in VIM, I would still encourage you to attend because you might find, I mean, I can, I can pretty much guarantee any student that comes to VIM will walk away with something that they can then implement and that they've learned and they can implement in their shop. So um, don't be scared. It's never too late. It's a very broad demographic and VIM has something to offer for virtually everyone. For those students who might be watching this program and are slated to attend the class, who knows, perhaps even tomorrow or any time coming down the line, what would you tell them to prepare for the, these courses? What can they do best to prepare themselves? Uh, for IPASC in particular, you know, I, I would say come with an open mind. Um, come with an open, an open mind, um, a willingness to learn, and an understanding that you're going to be busy. Yeah. Um, because we are, we are very fast. With it being a 10-day course, it is a very fast-paced course. Um, you know, we, we talk about uh, commander's intent, strategic messaging, and audience identification, uh, and all these things that will help you grow 
as a um, you know as a as a leader. Yeah. Um, so just come with an open mind and, and and be ready to learn. So Vim is not particularly a fast-paced course. I would say the pacing is just right. Uh, but still, if you're interested in coming to Vim and you're wondering how you can best prepare yourself for that experience. Um, I would encourage you to start with the policy. Become familiar with the policy on visual information within the DoD. The best place to find that is on a website called dimoc.mil, and you'll be able to find that information in the show notes. Um, access the website and explore the content because that's the home of VI policy in the DoD, as well as all the supplemental references, resources. There is a way to reach out to customer support if you have questions um, or need more information. So. Just get some familiarity with the, the VI policy in the DOD uh, because we do spend a lot of time talking about how to um, translate policy at a higher level and implement it at the organizational level. Because the policy says this, what does that mean I have to do at the organization? So w we spend time kind of clarifying that and um, providing examples of that. So the, the more prepared you are, the more knowledgeable you are about the policy aspect of it, the better situated you'll be um, on day one. Um, as well, be prepared to work in small groups. All assignments are, are completed in small groups. You're not going to complete any assignments as an individual. I realize there's pros and cons to that, but I'm ready to justify why the, the pros outweigh the cons in that aspect. Um, and like Massar Williams said, have an open mind and be willing to share your experience. The beauty of Vim is we always have a good segment of the class with a ton of experience. I learn every single time we run an iteration from these folks. So if you're one of those folks that has a lot of experience, uh, be prepared to share that uh, because at least a third of the class doesn't have that experience. And that's one of the beauties of that demographic is the crosstalk and the dialogue and the group work that occurs as a result of that um, diverse demographic. You know, as with this or any course at the Department of Defense, Defense Information School, both the student and the leaders probably think, what's in it for me, right? So can you tell us how these classes will make the students better communicators overall? Yeah, for IPASC, um, you know, you know it's, it's a collaborative course. Um, yes, there is instruction, but we want, we want to learn from experience, um, as in the VIM course, right? We want to learn from everyone's experience. Everyone's experience is different. Um, you know, their experience level, their situational awareness is, is a bit different. Um, so, you know, you build a team, you build a family, right? You, you're in class with, you know, potentially 23 other students. Um, so you're growing your family because maybe you, those are 23 students you didn't know before. So that gives you a resource as you move forward out of DENFOS. Um, also, um, you know, it really, we, we try to help establish, start establishing that why. Why do we do what we do? Why do we communicate? Why is the production the way it is? Um, all of those things um, to make sure that, that we are effective communicators. So I think for Vim, uh, we're able to help produce more capable communications professionals because we demystify the process for common requirements that don't always get talked about. We're focused on technical production and we're focused on strategic communication. That's great. You can do that until you can't because you don't have the equipment, you don't have the personnel, you don't have the budget, you don't have the time allocated to conduct the training to become proficient in the requirements. So because we demystify these common requirements, um, folks are more uh, able to execute them and more efficiently spend less time struggling with them and more time producing that content that supports their organization's mission and their commander's intent. Okay, great. 
Well, I've been told that we have any more questions from social media, uh, but if you do have questions after this airs, by all means, put them in the chat and we'll be monitoring those over the next uh, few hours and days. So definitely, if you have questions, let us know. Uh, but folks, gentlemen, do you have anything else to add before we sign off? I couldn't be more excited to be here. Thanks for including me on today's episode. Uh, I got to be honest with you. I'm really anxious to have one of these cookies. They yeah, I know, delicious. right? Yeah, they look good. <laughs> yeah, I'd, l I'd like to just give a shout out to my team. Um, you know, Tech Sergeant Pagan, um, Senior Chief Ken Jimmy, and uh, Staff Sergeant Matthias. Um, you know, they've really worked over these last three iterations um, to, to realize our success um, with this new curriculum, with the new course. Um, and absolutely right. It's, it was a great opportunity. I, thanks for having us here, having you know, the ability for me to come talk about the class. Um, you know, we've invested a lot of time, effort, and energy um, because we wanted to make sure that the students had the best experience and we could share the best knowledge that we could with them. That's so it's, it's been awesome. Well, that's awesome. And thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show. We really hope you enjoyed this month's episode. Please check out all our past episodes on YouTube, Facebook, or Divid's Hub. You can find all the links to all the resources we mentioned in our show notes. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn and subscribe to us on YouTube. Next month, Dinfos Live will be on writing for your boss. We mean it this time. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. And thanks to all these great people who make Dinfos Live what it is. Come on in, folks. Come on in, everybody. Grab a cookie. Yes. More cowbell. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right, here's to another year of Dinfos Live. Woo! Oh, wait, 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 wait. Give it up. Cheers. Give me a clink. Cheers. Give me a clink. Not too hard, they'll break. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. I'm sure. Woohoo! Oh, I gotta have a cookie. That's right, get a cookie. Mm -hmm.